Anyways, let's get into our next clue, our next quiz for 400 points, which will net you a book from our selection of bargain books for 400 points. How many of those redeemed from the earth stood with the lamb on Mount Zion in John's Revelation? Wow, that is a great question. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. But again, that question was, how many of those redeemed from the earth stood with the lamb on Mount Zion in John's Revelation? Um, And we don't want to know whether the number is literal or figurative or, you know, a symbol. We want to just know what the Bible says. <laughs> Absolutely, we do. Because right. that is an argument about this number. It's, it's oh, we could we could get started on that one. We could go down that rabbit hole all morning. But we can't because then we'd give away the answer to the quiz. It would be a distraction. Yeah, it would. All right, text message. All right, text. All right, okay, so before we get to text message, a couple of things I need to uh, let you know about, of course, is that the end of Digital Wars and Rumours of Wars. We mm-hmm. filmed that yesterday. Um, Epic. Stay tuned. It will be coming out imminently. Mm-hmm. I don't know when. But what I do know what is happening when is uh, anxiety program out at the Singleton Church. Wow, yeah. So Letitia Marino, she is the pastor out there, good friend of mine, and she's running this uh, mental health and spiritual and social perspective program. She's got a couple of uh, really highly qualified guest speakers um, and university professors coming in. Uh, Danny Guest, who's a clinical therapist, Trafford, Dr. Trafford Fisher. Um, they'll be both speaking. This takes place 19th of March. Mark it in your calendar. If you are anywhere within two hours' drive, I would say definitely head there. 19th of March, 3 p.m., Singleton Adventist Church uh, in Singleton. So uh, definitely jump on and head over there. You can also, uh, you'll be able to watch it via Zoom. So give us a call here if you would like some contact details. 0491-064-669 is our number. And we can give you all those details. Also, we have a whole slew of text messages. We love hearing from you guys. Um, All right, so what do we got here? Uh, Tim says, the Tweed Valley music is awesome. Just lovely. Mm. Um, Owen says he wants to know if he can get the album on iTunes. So we're looking into that now. Um, so yeah, if, uh, if you can go to the website itself, uh, and I believe it is currently available, available for pre-order, right? Yeah. So it will come out eventually. Uh, it will go from pre-order to orderable and we assume that it will be on iTunes or you can just buy it and download it and then, you know, put it into your iTunes library and then listen to it that way. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, another text message here about the amazing woman and the love for her baby, baby with jaundice. Yeah, uh, wow. She will save untold number of children from great suffering. Well, it said, story. yeah, just in the last year, 300,000 babies have used this, like, light box. Solar-powered light box, and they're just up and running. Yeah, it's so awesome. Okay, humanity is naturally proud and competitive. I can't quite see Jesus wrestling an opponent and showing off <laughs> the winner's belt in church. Wow, yes. Not quite the message he was trying to convey. Yeah. So Having said that, he is the only one who could wrestle with Satan and actually win. And actually win. Yeah. There's no way any human being is ever going to do that. For those who, who weren't listening, we were, we were talking about a story from, uh, a fantastic story from Nigeria, but we were talking about how it's often a lot of not positive stories coming out of Nigeria. And one particular one was that a pastor claimed to have had a closed door wrestling match with Satan and won. And closed he was, door. 
Yeah, it was closed door. And he won, and then he came to church to preach the next weekend with a belt slung over his shoulder. To prove it. To prove that he had beaten Satan in wrestling. The only person I want to, the only supernatural person I want to wrestle with is Jesus. Is Jesus. Who I would lose against, but I would hang on and say, I will not let yes. you go unless you bless me. Wow. Yeah. It's powerful. Well, I pray that I would do that. Okay, the Japanese mosquito pestilence, at least this one you can actually see and feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if the government will come out with more lockdowns and mask mandates. Oh, man. Yes, masks will definitely protect you from mosquitoes. Well, it'll protect... Masks, masks would actually work for mosquitoes because they can't bite the part of your body covered by the mask. Oh, can we just wear, like, in whole body, like, hazmat suits? There you go. From now, that is problem solved. Right? That is right there. fashion, dude. Oh, and then you know how like everyone wears hazmat suits, and then it's like you know you either get like a, an official hazmat suit that's just yellow, or you make your own custom one that's like pretty colors and stuff. Yes, you, know, I you know order them online. Is just gonna be multicolors. No, mine's gonna be black. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Russia and Visa cards. It's my understanding that China has already offered them to use their exchange system and is already in use. Russia and China are on the same page behind the scenes. That doesn't negate the reality of the cashless society mm-hmm. is here worldwide in a blink of the eye. We will become enemies of the state. Imagine if they can do it to Russia, what they can do to us. In Jesus, I leave my future. I only ask for strength to be faithful to the end. Amen. Mm. Jesus is faithful. Don't be afraid. Uh, the new normal is daily stress, nonstop, for many people, physical and mm. mentally, for the rest of us. Uh, and then we've got this one here. Let us not forget to pray for the flood victims and the Ukrainian war victims with so many things happening daily in our life. It's so easy to forget them. Lawson, you want to say a prayer for us? Let's pray. Lord Heavenly Father, I just want to pray earnestly for our situation here in Australia. I think particularly of the flood victims uh, and those who have lost so much. Uh, it was great to talk to David and to hear that... Um, yeah, there is such an effort being made up there, and even amongst the students at TVAC, um, how the the load has been lessened uh, in terms of their workload because, yeah, it's just been so traumatic. And so I just pray that you would work in their hearts, you'd work in their minds, also in the situation uh, between Russia and the Ukraine as well. Lord, may uh, people ultimately be called to you. We know that we can't stop evil uh, in this lifetime, and it will continue to come. Uh, until you come back. So please just lead people to a relationship with you so that uh, ultimately they'll be ready for you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I appreciate that you prayed for Russia as well. So I think we, we, we forget to do that mm. because of the media narrative, but we forget that there are mothers and fathers and wives and husbands and children that are mm. losing their loved ones in that conflict Yeah, as that's well. right. Because the political leaders decided that they wanted to do it rather mm-hmm. than, you know, the person on the street who actually dies. Yeah. Okay, love the music. Big thanks to Shell. Ah, big thanks for, to TVAC this morning mm. as well. Um, I was watching a great presentation on how the media propaganda actually use the truth but spin it to what they want you to believe. Mind control research is very interesting, which I've been studying for at least 20 years. Give it a try. You'll be surprised. Give it a try researching it. I think is what it means. <laughs> let, let's not let's not give mind control a try. I don't let's, know. It sounds kind of fun. Like <laughs> that's awesome. Um, uh, then Sky says, "I missed the jaundice part. My son had to go in one. Mm. My now late mum was holding him through, though instead of him being in the light box and grey suit, he's eight and fine now. More like I have a thirty-five year old." Mm. Yes, I know some eight-year-olds like that as well. Mm. Anyway, uh, the real issue is 
Putin fulfilling Ezekiel 38 prophecy? That's one from Thomas. Very good question. Let's put that in for question of the day. Mm-hmm. We'll add it to our list. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a little bit. Of, so, Thomas, we won't get to it today, but we will get to it. This I, is something we need to look at because so many people are asking this question right yes. now. Because you've got major theological leaders like Pat Robertson, like, yeah, this is this is Ezekiel thirty-eight. Okay. He's the Antichrist. Yeah, what's going on here? Mm. Is it Ezekiel thirty-eight or not? It's a very valid question. We need to know the answer. Uh, all right, let's. Um, Let's go. Well, let's go to our Bible study. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Bible, so Bible's many text open. Messages. Hebrews Where did my Bible 10? Go? My Bible is gone. <laughs> Somebody's stolen my yes. fallen apart Bible. Yes, Lyle. They, they probably threw it in the bin. Oh, Shell tells me I stole it. Oh. Uh. <laughs> if you want to see how badly my Bible has fallen apart, uh-huh. what's the end dot digital? Yeah, oh, you'll, you'll see Lyle like taking books out and putting books back in. That's amazing. Hey, you've got a new King James behind you. Why don't you use that? Actually, I think the, the lettering's really, hey, you can use my NLT, Lyle. Here you go. You can use this one. Oh, no, he's, he's searching. He's, my Bible he's, is gone. Oh, no Bible. Ah, oh, too bad. Oh, you can use my NLT. Here you go. Here you I go, will, Lyle. I will use my phone. <laughs> Wow. I will use my phone. Here's your NLT back. <laughs> I will use my phone. It will suffice for today. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. And where did we get up to? Uh, I believe we read um, until verse 18. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, let's uh, look in, uh, uh, yeah, start reading for us in verse 18. In verse 18, the Bible says, And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. Continue. Yes. This goes into like a, a new, you know, subtitle yeah, new section. Sub- we, we need to get into this new section. All right, so in verse 19, the Bible says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have the great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to hope to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. There's some really, really good principles that we need to look at here. Um, two big two big thoughts that come out in this passage. One is the thought, the, the concept of endurance. Uh, the other is the idea of assembling together and encouraging each other. So it is much easy to, easier to endure something in company with others than by yourself. So this is uh, probably the perfect Bible study to be doing uh, in relationship to the fact that, what was it, day before yesterday, they discovered Sir Ernest Shackleton's ship called the Endurance. Mm. Perfectly preserved, three kilometres below the surface in Antarctica, and you look at that ship and you think, wow, you know, that ship certainly did endure. And you read the story, you know, when the ice was pressing on the ship, how that, that ship would bend, literally bend like a banana and then snap back into shape. It, mm. it, it, was, it had been designed 
to be able to withstand the ice. Mm. And so this is why they built it out of wood rather than steel because, you know, steel is steel just tears and breaks in ice because it doesn't flex. Mm. And, you know, with the technology that they had in those days, they were like, well, you build it out of timber. But, of course, they built it, you know, like ridiculously thick timbers, yeah. insanely strong. But, you know, when you've got kilometres of ice... Shifting into you, yeah. Yeah, it's not anything that's going to ever survive that. We've had very modern icebreakers that have been destroyed by ice. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it, it didn't survive. But even still, you look at it on the bottom of the ocean and it's just beautifully preserved. Mm. And so little damage. You expect to just see a pile of firewood on the seafloor, but it's not. There's mm. a complete ship sitting there on the seafloor. So, you know, truly amazing stuff. Um, that we've got right there, and a story of endurance both of ship and of men uh, who survived two years in Antarctica. Mm. All right. Let's, uh, so when we talk about endurance, one of the things that was critical to the endurance of those men was that they were able to work together. Mm. And Shackleton was a master at being able to coordinate all of the different personalities to keep them from fighting, uh, to keep them from getting upset with each other. When he sailed for South Georgia, which was one of the most epic open boat voyages of all time through the most dangerous, cold, freezing oceans in the world with the worst hurricanes on the planet, uh, do you know how he chose his crew? How? Because he chose, he chose five people to go with him. There were six people that made that voyage in total. He chose his crew by, by choosing, essentially, the five most contentious people in the crew so that he could eliminate them from the camp that was being left behind. Wow. Because he knew that to endure, they would have to work together, and the moment they started fighting amongst each other, they were done. Mm. And he's like, yeah, this guy's a bit contentious from time to time. I'll take him. Mm. Didn't choose the best sailors. Didn't choose the best navigators. Chose the most contentious. Wow. But he took them, like, under his wing and... Oh, absolutely. This is leadership at its finest. Mm. It really was. But what it is is that people endure when they work together and so often... We have this individualism that comes through, particularly in the Western world, where we don't need other people. We don't need to work together. We can do this ourselves. Why, why do we need somebody else? Mm. And you see it coming through in, uh, you see it coming through in relationships. Mm. You see it coming through in religion. You see so many Christians like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. I don't need other Christians about me. I believe in God. Mm-hmm. You see it in the family where people are like, I can be a single parent. I don't need anyone else in my life. Why do I need another person in my life? I can do mm. this myself. Mm. And we don't realize that, no, actually, you know what? You can't really. Mm. You know, I've had so many people who have said, I can be a Christian without going to church. I've just never yet seen anyone who's pulled it off successfully. Yeah, totally. And this is what this is what the Bible says here. I mean, look at what the Bible says. He talks about enduring uh, where where we got to? Um, yeah, let us hold fast. Let us endure. Hold fast the profession of our faith. This is verse twenty three. Without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. So how are we going to hold fast? How are we going to endure? Mm-hmm. Let us consider one another to provoke one another unto love and to good works. Yes. Wait, how do we endure? Well, through community, through community, yeah, it says how you survive these things. It says in my Bible, it's like let let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Like this doesn't take place without other people. 
No. <laughs> no man is an island is a very famous saying that is mm. going around. And what you find when you leave somebody on an island over a number of years by themselves, they go insane. Mm. The human brain cannot handle that. All right. Then what does it say in verse 24? What does it say not to do in verse 24? In verse 24, it's, well, my Bible doesn't say anything not to do. Really? Surprise, surprise. Yeah, well, but I can say it's like the the opposite of what's being encouraged to do. What does yours Bible say? My sentence says not forsaking or giving up on. The assembling of ourselves together. Mm. Oh, verse 25. You said verse 24. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. In my Bible, it says, do not neglect the assembling of your yourselves together. Okay, you're off the hook. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> NLT right. is off the hook this morning. Yeah. Okay, so what is it that Paul is actually referencing here? To understand this concept, and, you know, this goes back a very, very long way. This has been in the mind of God for, like, ever. Mm. Let's go back to Leviticus 23, verse 3. Why don't you read that one for us? Leviticus 23 and verse 3. Leviticus 23 and verse 3, the third book of the Bible, as I find it here amongst the uh, the Torah, the first five. It, uh, sorry, yeah, the first five books of the Bible. So Leviticus 23... And verse 3, as I turn there and find it on the page, here we go. The Bible says, You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath um, day of complete rest, an official day of holy assembly. It is the Lord's Sabbath day, and it must be observed wherever you live. Okay, so it's very simple. God's talking about the Sabbath day, and mm. he says it's a day of rest. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that, okay, this is a day in which I close the curtains and sleep for a day? Not for me. A lot of people would think (laughs) that sounds like rather attractive, but actually it's not what it's about. The Bible says that this is a day for a holy what? What is your say? Assembly. Assembly. In other words, this is the day on which you are to get together to worship God Mm -hmm. in company with other people. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bible says the Sabbath is for. Uh, let's look at what Jesus' habit was. To go to uh, Luke four and verse sixteen. I've given this Bible study before. I can no, I've given this Bible study. No, I've given this Bible study, Lyle. Uh, he's my student. I'm kind of uh, Luke four and verse sixteen. The Bible says when he came to the village of Nazareth, uh, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. Okay, so what did he usually? What did Jesus usually do on the Sabbath? Go to the synagogue. He went to church usually on the Sabbath uh-huh. day. Mine says as his custom was um, or as his habit was. It mm-hmm. was his habit to go to church. Yeah. Why is he doing that? Because that's what the Bible said to do. Mm-hmm. He knows what Leviticus 23.3 says. Mm-hmm. And so he does it. Mm-hmm. This is the origin of church right here. This is where mm-hmm. it comes from. It, it, it was not a human invention. This was in the mind of God. Mm-hmm. And if it was in the mind of God and God invented it and Jesus gave us an example of doing it and Paul said, don't stop doing it, and Paul said it will become more important the closer you get to the return of Christ, mm-hmm. then that makes it pretty important, mm. wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Praise God. All right, so what we've got here is an emphasis that the Bible is giving on community and the importance of community and being able to encourage each other. All right, Uh, we're going to look at some more verses on this in just a moment, uh, particularly on the subject of endurance. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All 
right. So we had a couple of uh, text messages coming through just now. Somebody, uh, Thomas wants to know, what if the SDA church bans you attending for quoting scripture? Wow. That would be pretty wild. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm always going to find a place to worship. Mm-hmm. I, I, when it comes to quoting scripture, there is no passage of the Bible that I'm not prepared to quote. Um, mm-hmm. And any church that bans someone for quoting a passage of the Bible is kind of in, yeah, that's very, very confusing. But anyway, um, it, it has happened in the past. There is historical precedent for mm-hmm. such things, not in the Adventist church that I'm aware of, but uh, certainly in other churches and certainly in various areas of society. Mm-hmm. Someone says, I'm allowed to ask, will you guys be mentioning the singles retreat happening soon in Bateau Bay? Don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Send me through some details and I will mention it. I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am so surprised you didn't say anything about me just then. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's have our 500-point clue for the quiz. So, for 500 anyone points, would like to sponsor oh, Lawson. Please, <laughs> please stop. Okay, for 500 right, points, go. what was Timothy's grandmother's name? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you know the answer to that one, you can win our five hundred point prize for this morning: the Great Prophetic Books of Daniel and Revelation. I oh, love this yes. book so much. It is a journal, a study guide, and it well contains also the books of Daniel and Revelation in there. You can make your way in through the entirety of the books of Daniel and Revelation, which you should do uh, because they are. Filled with incredible prophecy uh, that is very poignant to our day. But again, yeah, for 500 points, what was Timothy's grandmother's name? What was she called? 0491-064-669. Fantastic stuff. Well, we need to get back into our Bible study, and we're looking at the subject of endurance this morning mm-hmm. and enduring together. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go to Revelation chapter 13 and verse 10. Please, Lawson. Oh, Revelation 13. Revelation 13, verse 10. As I find it here in my Bible, Revelation 13, verse 10. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. Anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. Okay, endure persecution faithfully. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, go to Revelation 14 and verse 12. In Revelation 14 and verse 12, this means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. Enduring faithfully. Go to Matthew 24, verse 13. Oh, Matthew. Okay, we're making a big, big jump across the New Testament here from the last book to the first book uh, to Matthew chapter 24. And what was the verse there? Verse 13. Oh, it's he who endures to the end will be saved. That's the one. <laughs> he that shall endure. Okay, go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. This is a bit of a theme coming through here, Yeah, isn't that's it? right. That's right. We are really, this, this is some proof texting right here, jumping around the Bible. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14, where the Bible says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Okay, so we've got a whole bunch of verses here that talk about endurance, holding on, um, and of course we can only do so by the grace of God, which mm-hmm. he extends to us. We understand that. We get that. But there's a few implications here. Is there is there any relevancy to these passages if you believe in once saved, always saved? Uh, no. No. 
Like what? What endurance is required? Yeah, it's like why you, you chose and you can do whatever you want. Tick that box, move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any re- any relevancy to these passages if you are into say predestination, Calvinistic predestination? Well, yeah. It's, well, it's going to be done for you, right? So, what do you need to do? Anything? Yeah, just just chill out. Either you're in or you're not in. Just yeah. But the Bible says that we are to endure through the grace of God, mm. Christ through the grace that he extends to us to enable us to do so. Somebody once said that, you know, the faith of the martyrs is given to the martyrs when the time comes because I think all of us, you know, when we look forward to persecution or torture or uh, death or any of those kinds of things, we um, we, we shrink from it. We like, yeah, we like, like, you know, somebody's going to do that to me. It's like uh, I, I, can't, I can't stand that. I know that I can't. Mm. Because, like, wanting to die, like, wanting to die is, like, suicidal, right? Yeah. But sacrificing yourself for someone else's sake, it's not, it's not suicide. It's, no. like, one of the greatest... People accuse Samson of committing suicide. Samson did not commit suicide. Mm. Samson gave his life. Mm. There's a big difference between giving your life and suicide. Jesus did not commit suicide on the cross. He gave his life. Yes. He could have come down off the cross at any moment. He mm. stayed there to give his life. And he wanted to. Yes. Like he wanted to come off the cross, but he didn't. Absolutely. He didn't for our sake. That's right. For the joy that was set before him. We've got that verse coming up. Uh, and the joy that was set with before him. Despised uh, the shame, endured the cross. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got a text message coming through Ooh. here. What does this one say? Um, there's times the banning of scripture text has been done, but I would say it was probably the doing of the pastor of a particular church, not the denomination. Yeah, I, I think I think that's probably true. Mm-hmm. You do get pastors who get out of line at times, and but you know why would you ban? It? I love it when people challenge me to read a passage of the Bible. Sometimes we get our listeners and they're like, you know, I dare you to read this one on air. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> there is nothing in the Bible I don't like. Mm-hmm. And we will read it, we will talk about it, we will learn lessons from it. Um, that's what is so wonderful about the Bible. Uh, oh, everybody's having a, having their thing to say this morning. This is absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Okay. As we know, oh, sorry, okay, I'm 59 next Thursday, St. Patrick's Day, the 17th of March, and baptism in my late teens, and now want to profess my faith in the Seventh-day Adventist and the 28 Fundamentals. Oh, wow. Yeah, Clarkson, fantastic. Clarkson Seventh Day Adventist Church. Mm. Uh, that's David. He also goes on to say, as we know, the literal truth of God's word for us is absolutely precious. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm. Ah, praise God from David in Western mm-hmm. Australia. Good to have our Western Australian listeners who are getting up early in the morning wow. to listen to the breakfast show. It's a bit earlier for them than it is for us. So well done, guys. Okay, where did we get up to? Did we read Hebrews four verse four? We did. Oh, I read 4 verse 14. 14, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so we've got a whole bunch of uh, verses here about endurance and we've got a whole bunch of verses about... um, about Assembling together. Assembling together. Mm -hmm. And they go together. Those two things go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. My my digital Bible is slower to find things. Let me just scroll and scroll and scroll and wait for it to... Wow, maybe you need to buy a new Bible. Maybe I do. Yeah. Ah, oh, this silly thing. What are you looking for? Come on. Well, I'm looking for the verse that says that you will to, to wait for God that he that he will not tarry. Mm. It's in Hebrews 10. It's like later in Hebrews 10, but 
my Bible suddenly defaulted to Hebrews 1 for some ridiculous <laughs> reason. I'm like, what is going on? because <laughs> you're yeah. using your phone, Mark. Yeah. Well, why would my phone do that? <laughs> this is so good. Okay, All so right. we got somebody calling through. Um, welcome to the show. Who have we got? Bruce. Bruce. Oh, Bruce, good to hear from Fantastic. You. Bruce, what, what would you like to share? Yeah, about this endurance and, you know, the trials that we go through, they're actually a blessing to us because we they're experienced. And this is how, as we experience, we develop this character. So if we don't experience anything, we we don't grow, we don't develop. So so that's why God wants us to endure. So, we, you know, that's what it's about. Like James says, count a little joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing the trying of your faith develops patience. So let patience have a perfect work, then you may be perfect entire wanting and nothing. So really, this life and our experience—that's our—that's our reward in heaven. Yes, and we see we see it perfectly illustrated in the lives of children. If you if you raise a child in cotton wool, the child will never succeed in life. Yeah. <clears throat> now, fantastic stuff, Bruce. Thank you for calling through and sharing that. Uh, before we run out of time here, I found these verses. Uh, the Bible says, "Cast not away therefore your confidence, which mm. has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done patience, you have done the will of God. You might receive the promise for yet a little while. And he that shall come will come and will not tarry." Fantastic verses that we've got right here uh, about um, persevering. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Uh, it is the breakfast show. We're about to have question of the day. Before we do, we have some answers to share with you. All right, for one hundred points, the answer was the tree of the knowledge of good. Uh, okay, we need that microphone on. We need Lawson's microphone. Yeah. There we hey, go. what's I can up? Hear him now. For, for one hundred points, it was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For two hundred points, it was wash their feet. For three hundred points, it was anger. For four hundred points, it was the one hundred and forty-four thousand. And for five hundred points, the answer was lowest. But right now, it is it is time for. Of the day. Epic. All right. Uh, our question of the day today is simply this. Was the world and Adam and Eve created before or after the fall of Satan? Okay, so this is a really interesting question. And to answer it, we're going to go back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1. and Sorry, Genesis chapter 2. So let's head over there very quickly using my digital Bible here today, Genesis 2. And uh, the Bible says that... My digital Bible doesn't work. It's just broken. That's all there is to it. Okay, so we're going to talk about what the Bible says. Uh, the Bible says that God creates the world in seven days. He creates Adam and Eve on the seventh day, and then he comes to Adam and Eve and he you know, introduces them to the animals. He introduces them to the garden. He introduces them to the food that he has created for them. He says, look, you can eat you know, fruits, grains and nuts of any tree that is in the garden except one. That tree is the knowledge of good and evil. So clearly at the time of creation, Satan already existed because God was giving them obviously the power of choice through the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
And that would not have existed if Satan himself would had, had not existed. There would be no need for it to have been there. But because Satan exists in the universe, if God just, you know, uh, banned Satan from coming to planet Earth, all that God would do would be to prove to the universe that Satan was right when he accused God of being authoritarian and not giving people the power of choice and not being a God of love. He would be like, well, you didn't give Adam and Eve the power of choice. You didn't even let me go down there. So God's like, fine, I will give Adam and Eve the power of choice because I am a God of love. I will give you access to that planet, but you will have access to only one place on the planet, on the entire planet, just one tree. And he comes to Adam and Eve and he doesn't, you know, sort of leave it like, oh, there's a secret tree somewhere here in the garden. Just uh, don't accidentally eat of it. He points it out to them. He says, you can eat everything you want. Don't eat that one right there. And so by doing so, he provides the power of choice. They are able to choose good and evil. They are able, Satan is able to have access to be able to, you know, say the things he wants to say, but only at one tree. It's like, don't even go anywhere near it. And, of course, we have the very tragic story of how our first parents, they did go near it. Eve ate from the, uh, ate from the tree and then she gave it to Adam and you know, they talked to the serpent and so forth. And so Satan went from having access to one tree on this planet to having access to the entire planet and we have the mess that we have today. Okay, so for all of that to happen, sin had to pre-exist what takes place here on this earth, the war, the war of, of, of words, the war of ideology, the war of arguments that was being fought, the polemic, as it is described in Revelation chapter 12, uh, had already taken place. Satan is thrown out of heaven. There's no place for him there, but there is this brand new world that has just been created. And he's like, well, I've had my say here in heaven and some people have chosen, to, you know, some angels have chosen to follow me and some haven't. Uh, but what about that world down there? Are you going to ban me from going there? Probably hoping that God would because, well, God would have lost the battle at that particular point. But God's like, no, I'm not going to ban you from going there. I will give you access, but it will be limited access. You're not just going to go down there and create havoc. And then, of course, our first parents choose him and havoc ensues and we have the disaster that we have right now and our world becomes the object lesson of the universe. Can Satan, can God intervene at any time? Yes, but God must allow sin to continue for a period of time so that the entire universe can see its results, so that we can see its results, so that when God does eradicate sin and evil and pain and suffering and Satan from the universe, it will never come back again, not because God has you know, somehow taken away the power of choice because that would take away the existence of love, but because the entire universe has seen it, has experienced it, knows what it creates, and never, ever, ever wants to see it come back again. This is God's perfect plan for eradicating sin forever from the entire universe. But right now, don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith. And you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.